0: you are listening to this is oklahoma hosted by mike hearn telling stories of oklahomans and those that have made it their home huge thanks to oklahoma agro tourism uh, for helping set this podcast up Hundreds of farms and ranches across the state of Oklahoma invite you to explore and experience the intersection of agriculture and tourism, Oklahoma's growing adventure. Pet a pig, help with a harvest, lie around at the lodge, wind down with a wine, and more. However, you want to experience agriculture? Let Oklahoma agrotourism be your guide. Start your adventure at oklahomaagrotourism.com.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike here, your host, back with another episode um coming to you via zoom but coming to you my guest today coming from carnegie oklahoma dustin and Nikki snow have joined the podcast and we're going to talk a lot about plants and flowers but they're awesome family business to go with that i am a terrible terrible like planter i have no green thumb whatsoever even though i grew up on a golf course and love lush green grass and looking at the flowers in the masters and that's about as far as my planting goes um but Guys, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I'm uh, excited to share, obviously, you know, your big family story and, and been around, you know, since 1928, which not a lot of Oklahoma businesses can say that and not a lot of families can say that they've had a family business for that long. So that's pretty impressive stuff.
2: It's like, we're glad to be here.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. So how do you guys get, before we dive into like the history of the family business, like how do you guys get involved with the family business?
2: I, my first job out of college, I was managing an an office supply in Lawton, Oklahoma, and I found myself here in evenings and on weekends working a lot, and I found that I got more joy being at the farm than in an office, and I worked hard enough and long enough for my parents that uh, they thought I was an asset, so they hired me full-time in 1992 i started working here full-time yeah i grew up here i mean i was here my whole life really but uh full-time work started in 1992 yeah and when you go to the
1: website and i'll post a link to the website down below so people can go and click on that um you know uh canards.net there's so much information on there and the best thing about it when you click the about us section you can read this awesome story about the family um could you guys tell that story if you can, if you feel comfortable telling it about you know how it was founded and and just how do we get to where we are today
3: i always say dustin tells the story best
2: well i've told it a lot of times so that's for sure so in the, in the twenties, my great grandparents received some cannas from an aunt, um, who lived in Queen, Arkansas and my grandmother grew them in their landscape, just a couple miles down the road from, from where we are now. And, um, they loved them. And we always keep in mind that in the twenties, their landscape was sand and no grass. They had no running water in the house or no toilet in the house, but they had the desire to have something pretty in their landscape, which is interesting to me. The cannas grew and produced bulbs um, and they had more than they needed uh, very quickly. So she sent them with my great grandfather on a vegetable peddling route in which he sold uh, different gardening vegetables uh, out of the back of an old Model T pickup um, at a roadside. And um, after a few seasons of that, he found that he was making more money selling flower bulbs in the depression than he was selling food. There's plenty of other people selling food, but just not many people selling flower bulbs in this area, which is even more interesting to me. Right. Even when people were starving for money and goods, they uh, still wanted something pretty in their landscape. So that went on for a few years. And then my grandfather decided that he would he wanted to, to do the business. So a really funny concept to me, but he had his personal Jersey milk cow. My grandpa as a kid. And I guess he used it to generate a little bit of income for himself. He traded it to his dad, my great grandpa for the business of growing cannabis. And uh, he took that little business and grew it into something a little more. And um, just before he shipped off to war, he married my grandmother, literally three days before he shipped out to war. He married my grandf- grandmother, and his joke was always said that uh, he always said that he married her so she would take care of the cannons while he was off at war. <laughs> and it's always a good story to tell. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he he went to war. Grandmother took care of the of the business while he was gone. Uh, came back and and really started to focus on uh, creating income with cannas and and developed a a commercial more of a commercial uh, situation and they were selling to a company called tgny which you've probably never never heard of Uh, they sold to um, gurney henry field which are all old gardening magazines and um just just created a business so he also sold and uh, uh, marketed through a newspaper and sold direct to homeowners as well and uh, and just just grew the business and built his own equipment along the way for harvest so it's pretty cool
1: yeah
2: and you come to i mean well we're almost 100 years in right you to, yeah, which yeah.
1: Is, i mean i love the centennial stuff like it's super cool You're like i me being a golfer, my, my golf club back home, the Centennial was in a, 2005. And it was such a big deal and you very rarely get that out in the States. But obviously now we're closely getting to those businesses, right? That were started just before the war and all the rest of it. And it's, I'm sure you guys are going to throw a hell of a party when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will. Tell me about the canners, right? Because people listening, well, you might probably know a little bit more than I do, but um, like obviously... They must, you know, it wasn't easy to grow anything back in that back in the day, but must have been easy to grow canners because of the ground was so bad. Is that right?
2: Well, it was difficult in Oklahoma because of, of the drought that was going on, and, and and hence the dust bowl, and the fact that there was no irrigation, um, and and rarely did people have running water in their house. Hmm. So you had to really be intentional about growing anything in the summertime here so uh, yeah it, w- it was crazy yeah so long ago and you said your, your great grandpa had
1: his machinery and and there's a story as well right on the website about developing the irrigation system as well like the first yeah. irrigation system yes
2: so that's my grandfather okay. when, he, when he made it more commercial he would uh, he would plant them in, in 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 rows out here on the west side of this farm uh, that he bought in he bought, bought, bought it in the um, late forties. I know there's concrete out here that, that he poured in 1948 because he wrote his name in it. So um, I think he probably bought the place in 45. And, and I could be wrong. I should know more information on that. Uh, he grew cannas here and he found that they were inconsistent in production because, they, because of drought uh, and different, different things created problems for good production. So he found a way to create irrigation where irrigation wasn't common here at that time. So according to the um, the locals, he drilled the first irrigation well in this county and we still use it today. That's he right. bought irrigation, he bought equipment from Oklahoma City Water Department that was, they would consider surplus and it was the, the pumps that they would use for city water. And he, he used those pumps to create an irrigation system for agriculture. He bought his first irrigation pipe from Montgomery Ward Magazine. Um, but his first attempt at irrigation would have been flood irrigation, which would be little ditches um, and, and you flood the area. But that didn't work because of gophers. It didn't work well because it, the land wasn't flat and, and perfectly flat and, and the, you know, the grade wasn't correct. So he, he did go to the pipe. Uh, And he used aluminum pipe and the locals here said that the aluminum pipe would poison the plants and kill them all, which was totally wrong because aluminum pipe is now widely known as a good irrigation source or irrigation pipe, which is really funny. He was really, really a, you know, a pioneer and and, and thought outside the box in order to, uh, to uh, do the love that he had for cannabis. Right.
1: and, I I mean, I like the, like the story, you know, you just said, like about people, you know, not being able to sell you know, food because too many people are selling food, but kind of the cannons became, I guess, like a symbol, right? It's like, okay, like we don't have much, but we have a really cool yard and we have yeah. flowers and then yeah. something. And it's like, you know, I think going back to, you know, we have so much stuff that we have, right. We buy and just accumulate all this, just junk sometimes right and it there's very few things that you have now that it's like a symbol for you know like just happiness good life and something that makes you smile every day right when you don't have a lot
2: right right and uh, the, the good thing about candles they are really easy to grow and you can put them in the ground a couple of inches and a little bit of water and um Not a lot of care as long as they get sunlight and they make you feel like you're a good gardener. Which, which, is, which is always fun. You're, you're going to be getting an order from me soon because I need that. <laughs>
1: I've said this many times on the podcast. I am the person who has contemplated buying plastic flowers because from the road, nobody knows. Uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But my wife would probably hang me if I did that. But anyway, uh, how many? So, so when, when, when the farm started, how many acres did you have back then and how many do you have now? Was it grown quite a bit or did you still kind of roughly have the same land?
2: We've made a full circle, uh, actually. So Grandpa probably started with eight or ten acres of cannas, and at the highest point, we had two hundred acres of cannas. Wow. We were serving uh, big companies that serve big box stores and mass merchandisers, the mass retailer of Walmart. Mm-hmm. We weren't selling direct to them, but we were serving the people that, that sell to them. And we decided that we didn't want to do that anymore. And um, we have made a full circle. So we're now back down to about 30 acres. Okay. Yeah, and we're, 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 we're enjoying it more. We feel like we're serving people better. And we certainly know that our product is better because we can take better care of the soil. Mm-hmm we can take, get better care of, uh, the of everything because we're doing things on a smaller scale with more focus yeah. on the details.
1: Yeah. Do you guys still own the 200 acres as well
2: and do other stuff on that land? So we own 160 acres. We were renting land in order to plant cans. Yeah. We were renting land in the area. Uh, and we would, we'd actually rent several different plots of land and, um, and put them in different areas for different reasons.
1: Yeah. Uh, Nikki, what about you? What is like your kind of experience in the business and like what I guess would be your day-to-day job pile?
3: Uh, I'm here in the office. So the majority of my days are spent uh, answering emails, answering the telephone. Funny story. When I met Dustin in high school, you know, he casually along the way said, Oh yeah, my family owns the world's, a largest canna farm. That was a slogan that his grandpa loved to repeat. Yeah. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, one, I didn't know what a canna was. And two, I was thinking really just a really glorified big backyard. So the first time Dustin brought me to Ben, his grandmother's home, I was blown away and, and just had no idea that something like this was even in Western Oklahoma, as so many people still state. I didn't even know you were here. So um, that's, I always tell people, I, I Dustin's claim to fame. Um, I was surprised the first time I came down the road, but mm-hmm. um, on a daily basis, yep, yeah, I'm managing kids um, as best I can. And then uh, running the office, Dustin comes and joins me during the, um, the crazy shipping season of April and May. And it takes both of us answering the phones all day every day um, and then he returns back to more of the outside projects and, yeah. and field so
1: mm-hmm. you guys are really getting ready for blooming season then and everything's coming up we're,
3: yeah yeah so we're getting ready we're, we're sales shipping shipping I should say is just really ramping up to some of the warmer states Yeah. and then uh, starting April 1st we're gonna pull double duty we'll ship all day and then we'll go to the field and plant as much as we can each evening. So, um, yeah, kind of, that's our, our crunch time. And, uh, we're a little bleary eyed, um, some days, but it's, it's fun. And it, you know, when, when we get blooms in July, August, September, September being peak, um, it makes all that work in April. So, so worth it.
1: Uh, when you talk about shipping, are you shipping like every state are you shipping worldwide? Like, how is that kind of whole? system grown from from like you know from family business starting to shipping to friends and then you know bigger stores and like how is it to watch that grow and, and where are you sending you know your your stuff to
3: it was really fun prior to 9 11 um it was really fun shipping internationally that was not but you know wasn't we didn't have quite as many hoops to jump through so um you know several european countries um Loved, loved that aspect. 9-11 changed that for us because we weren't a common. um, We didn't ship year round. We were just a seasonal. It was harder for us to um, ship overseas. So that part of a lot of our international sales ended with 9-11. And then so now we're, we're just, we ship throughout the United States. We even ship to Alaska. I'm always amazed at the tenacity of someone in Alaska growing a tropical plant. Um, but yeah, so we, we shipped all 50 states.
1: Yeah. That's, that's really cool, isn't it? To know that, Hey, something that I've, that I've planted that's been in Oklahoma in County Oklahoma, it's been sent to Alaska. It's been sent all around the world. And, you know, you, you have this, I just love the fact that you've just, you're walking on the same ground that your grandparents have and great grandparents have. Like that's, that's really cool to me. You know, there's not a lot of people that say that. I mean, if they do, most of the time it's not true, right? Like, you are <laughs> literally walking on the same land. Yeah, <laughs> same
3: house, same same farmhouse. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. And there's some really, you know, we'll, we'll end the day, especially this time of year, walking home down the driveway to the house and we have these really great Western Oklahoma sunsets. And are like, Oh yeah, yeah, we're here. This is, this is what we're supposed to do. We have the best customers. Right. Um, we truly have the best customers and we have repeat customers that call each year and ask how the kids are. And, and we ask how they are. Um, but you know, with anything, if, if I've had a day of a, a few rough conversations we're like, Oh, we're really doing this right. And, but it's, all in all, we've been here over 25 years, the two of us, and um, we're where we're supposed to be. Yeah, we really are. Uh,
1: coming to like the, you know, present day and, and the, you know, the evolution of, of technology and, you know, just tractors and everything now that can practically drive themselves. You know, if you've been there for 25 years, you've seen all this stuff come through, right? I mean, I'm sure it was, it's much easier today to do what you do than it was 25 years ago.
2: Most certainly whenever whenever we started here to ship a package was unbelievable. We hand wrote the label, the shipping label. We hand wrote into a, into a, a UPS booklet and weighed everything by hand with a spring scale. And now with, we even
3: we even
2: tied up the boxes with twine yeah we, we, did, we, 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 we didn't, didn't have a stapler we didn't even have a, a, a pneumatic stapler we <laughs> used we used round bale twine to to secure the lid to the boxes which UPS hated because it didn't it, they just didn't like that but anyway so Nikki and I introduced computers to the office um, 96 in 1996 with a gateway 2000 computer i'm sure you've never heard of it, oh, no, no. I, I, it had like a cow
1: moon cow yeah, cow. Yeah, yeah. That's cow my first computer yeah i remember that yeah
2: uh-huh. yeah yeah and then we were able to you know create labels with a printer and not have to write anything Then we were able to do payroll with a computer instead of handwriting all that. So yeah, things have changed. We were here before the internet for sure. Yeah. And of course we have a website that is now 20, One, 21 12. years old. We've had that domain for 21 years. Yeah. And, uh,
3: Dustin, Dustin was really instrumental in pushing for, you know, I think we really should do this. I think we should really put a website out there and, and I'm so glad we did. Um, it went, it went live just right, uh, 1999. And, um, you know, that whole process has changed. So, you know, the, our web website development is not at all what it used to be. So that's been a process. Um, but yeah, we're, we, we have loved seeing that side of the business change and grow.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, also when you look on the website, you can kind of go, you know, see how many stuff there is available, right? How many, I guess cannas or, or variety of canners do you guys sell at one time or do you have is it does it change
2: or is it pretty the same it, yeah. it changes um we'll have a, a variety that some something happens in the field and we don't we can't sell it maybe every year and we're always adding new varieties and sometimes we even remove a variety that we decide does not uh Good enough for our for our production. So right now we have about thirty varieties on the website, and we probably have fifty varieties that we're developing, um, and develop meaning they're un- under trial, and we're just growing them to see uh, which one of those that we want to put into our uh, sales cycle. Yeah. Uh, so you said September is like peak blooming
1: season. What do you guys have visits? Do you have people come out and do photo shoots, and you know? weddings and all the rest of that kind of fun visual stuff because the flowers are beautiful
3: well maybe not so much weddings we do um september is our biggest month for visitors and we tell people you can come park at the edge of the field walk into the flowers stay as long as you like uh anytime between um anytime during daylight hours and no charge don't have to check in with us just come and enjoy now we do we did start a few years ago doing a tour so where Dustin and I take an hour out of the day and meet with whoever wants to schedule a tour it's five dollars a person um and tell you a little bit more of the same same story we're sharing with you how we got started some of our processing here at the farm so and we added last year totally by by chance or I don't know if you'd call it by chance we're putting some crop rotations into play just for um, improving soil Mm -hmm. and Dustin planted some sunflowers and I I didn't think much of them I thought you know sunflowers are pretty but I was thinking too they get tall and straggly and um, we had 30 acres of glorious sunflowers to as a backdrop to the cannas and so real quick we threw up some information on the internet and have visitors and photographers come out
1: so we're planning on doing that again this year oh great yeah I'm just, like that's the great thing about i mean everyone's now visual right everyone's you know on social media and want great pictures and and something different to kind of you know make their friends jealous or whatever it is so find <laughs> the little gems like your, you know spots like that you have and i'm sure in september it's a you know kind of great time of year my both my birthday and my wife's birthday is in september so it's definitely my favorite month uh, we did
3: have a, I, we did have a music video someone came out shot a music video last September um in the field so that was new for us
1: right was that was that kind of like this kind of strangest thing that's happened it was
3: it was it was freezing cold it just happened they they scheduled on a day and the weather turned cold and bless her heart she was freezing to death but it they got it done
1: yeah I mean I'm sure the video looked great right
3: yeah
1: um Cool. Well, to finish, how can like people, I and mean, obviously I'll, I'll post the website in the link to the, to this podcast so people can go straight to it, but do you guys have a social media? Can people kind of see, do you guys post stuff on that? And so we do, that?
3: um, not huge posters, but, um, try to once every week or so. Sure. So Facebook, Instagram, um, Instagram, we post more pictures of maybe things that are going on around and about on the farm yeah. where facebook is a little bit more um, sales driven or information about sales or shipping sure. um yeah but both of those is definitely awesome
1: well i will post the links to those in the description so people can go to that and click on it and find out the best time to come down obviously it seems, sounds like it's uh, no time soon because you guys are super busy but in september definitely come take a look um is there anything else that for
3: just for oklahomans in particular mm-hmm. um planting is starts about April 1st and any any order placed by two o'clock ships the same day so we we like to get orders processed and out of here and yeah. serve customers well we also uh, new to the YouTube area uh, much against um, the advice that we needed to enter the YouTube arena and so we have two two big two big videos on YouTube yeah. Um but they are helpful. They have some great information. There's a lot, like anything else, you can read 17 different stories on how to do something. So um, you get it straight from, from the farm. Yeah. All information on cannabis
1: Right. Well, I guess everybody's, I guess, ground is different where they're at, right? So it just depends. It's trial and error, I assume, mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, the YouTube videos are, are basic planting instructions. Yeah. And care. And the... Second YouTube video is how to uh, harvest them and store them for winter, okay. and those would fit anywhere yeah. in any any area
1: that you can grow them. All right, uh, last question: Do you guys have a favorite that you like? A favorite color or a favorite one that you just see every year and you just think, "Oh, just the best ever."
2: So my favorite variety is Cleopatra, and it's a uh, it's a mutant. It's a mutation, and it changes. So it's primarily yellow with uh, yellow bloom with a little bit of red on the bloom, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of green foliage, but streaks of bronze. That's random from plant to plant. It's random from year to year. It's random. And, uh, overall it's, it's beautiful. But the thing I like about it most is, is that it changes and it's random, which is, I call it the Frankenstein canna <laughs> because you never know what you're going to get. Thank you. What about you?
3: Um, we have a new one that we are able to sell this year. It's white. We've had customers ask for years and years and years for a white cannon. So, um, it's, it's great. It's a pale, pale, pale yellow that fades to more of a, a creamy white as the bloom ages. So it's called Alaska. It's, it's probably my current favorite.
1: Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing pictures and seeing those and hopefully coming down in September in person to come check it out. Uh, I would I'll be love happy. to have you. That would be awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for sharing some stories today. I really appreciate it. Uh, for everyone listening, I'll post the links in the description so you can go check out uh, the canners and everything and go buy some. Um, and thank you to the family, obviously, for starting this amazing business and still having it today. So. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next episode.
0: Cheers. Huge thanks to Oklahoma Agro Tourism uh, for helping set this podcast up. Hundreds of farms and ranches across the state of Oklahoma invite you to explore and experience the intersection of agriculture and tourism Oklahoma's growing adventure. Pet a pig, help with a harvest, lie around at the lodge, wind down with a wine, and more. However, you want to experience agriculture? Let Oklahoma Agro Tourism be your guide.